Welcome to How to Hustle with Talent Atelier, dedicated to placing the very best people into the fashion, beauty and luxury lifestyle industries. Talent Atelier are based in Shoreditch in London and work internationally with senior through to C-suite level talent. Essentially, we're a dating agency aiming to create love stories between businesses and people. Today, we are joined by none other than Jay Hong. And if you are lucky enough to be on our mailing list, very exciting, or have visited our incredibly beautiful new website, then you may already be familiar with Jay. She looks very serious in her picture, but she's actually sat here wearing a mm-hmm. cat scarf. Um, we've brought Jay on today as not only is she one of our favorite people, but she's also recently launched herself into the world of consultancy. So we thought, what better person than her to talk us through her experiences so far? Uh, I'm going to let Jay introduce herself properly, but just to set the scene a little, Jay is a guru of all things creative services and has recently set up her own company, Modern Commodities. Uh, We met Jay whilst she was working for Stella McCartney, um, and we moved her across to a new luxury beauty brand called Beauty Pie, and she's also previously worked for Burberry, as well as getting a bit of teaching in uh, Central St. Martin's. Hiya. That's me. Hi, Jane. <laughs> Hi. I'm here too. I'm Joe. Oh, yeah. I forgot about you. You're there. I'm here. I should have written you into the intro. Apologies. Okay, well, you're there. Um, first of all, we're going to kick off with our creative achiever of the episode. Yes. Rachel, Jay, who are we thinking? I mean, I think it's got to be Rihanna this week. Yeah, Anna. I think yeah. so. She's been condemning, Topical. she's condemned Trump for playing her music at his tragic rallies. Um, <laughs> did she say they were tragic? Yeah. Or did, oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. tragic rallies. Um, <laughs> and as it's the midterm elections, yeah. um, we thought it was a topical uh, Yeah, yeah so definitely. I feel like she like deserves that award every week, but I mean, especially yeah. this week. I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side us. of Rihanna. I feel yeah. like she'd absolutely just stare you down. Nah, she would be bad. like, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yay, Rihanna. Yay, Rihanna. Yeah, well done. Get it, girl. Cool. Um, so Jay, why yes. don't you explain to us, first of all, mm-hmm. who you are and what the hell creative services actually <laughs> means? Because lots of people like, may not know. I feel like these are two very big questions. Yeah. Answer. So who are you and what the hell are you doing Ooh. here? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so who am I? Um I am a creative services consultant, right? As of currently. Um so Maybe I'll talk a bit about what creative services is. And that would be really kind helpful. Of background yeah. of what, um, how I ended up there. So I think creative services is relatively a loose term still, mm-hmm. but the way I view it, and I think kind of generally everyone views it, is sort of the, I guess, the structure around creative process. So I think it's the thing that keeps creative together. So I would say it's the framework that kind of makes sure things get done, things mm-hmm. get done on budget, things get done properly really well so kind of partnering with creatives yeah it's the support system I guess that makes it kind of tick along are you like mum and dad to all the creatives yeah you kind of are and like in like the best way and sometimes like the worst way so (laughs) you know like I think predominantly you the kind of areas that creative services covers production project management yeah and now actually this is a bit I find really exciting more and more I think the sort of creative strategy kind of side of things are starting to peep in yeah um which I think historically has been more marketing but now like 
also, you know, like the economy's bad, like you haven't got the resources that you used to, like lots of people want what you know, slashies. Mm. They want a lot of bang for their buck, yeah. don't they? Slashies. Yeah, it's yeah. really the time for slashies. Um my husband is a slashy. Yeah. Yeah. I consider myself like the ultimate slashy. Mm. I'm sort of like jack of all trades. I mean, I'm not going to say master of none. No, I think no. master of at least three. I'd say. <laughs> Just three. One of them's cat care. <laughs> Actually, two of them's cat care. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think predominantly it kind of goes across those three. But it's evolving a lot, I think. Yeah. And that's why it becomes really difficult to define because... You know, marketing and advertising, like the landscape of it all, you know, with social media and just generally digital marketing. I think it changes like on a monthly basis. Does it change from client to client as well, depending yeah. on your relationship with yeah. that person? Yeah, 100%. Like people rely on you for different things and people's needs are different. And one of the things I think is so important is culture and brands. Um, it massively affects like who's working there, how they work, what they deem to be important within the process. Um, you know, like some places, you know, like really like politics light, some companies like, you know, it's the opposite. And it really affects productivity, which is, you know, a lot of what drives creative services and what makes you good yeah. at, you know, those roles. Especially on a freelance basis yeah. because you're going in there and you're charging a, a, a day rate for your services. Yeah. They think, oh, I've got Jay in today. I need to really maximize that time yeah. with her. And it's also you knowing kind of how to do do that for yourself as well. So if you've got a day dedicated to them, um, it's a bit easier if you're kind of doing like, you know, being physically in the office with your client because you've got that time and mm. you're physically with them. And, you know, those things, you know, you pick up conversations, you can kind of join in and have that. I think it's harder actually when you're remote and how to be productive and that kind of back and forth and how mm. you maintain that relationship even when you're not there all the time. I'm going to hold you on that because we'll definitely talk about that in a bit before you go winding down the path oh. of keeping in touch with everyone. And <laughs> <laughs> um, we found sometimes that businesses don't even really know about creative services because a lot of our clients are trying to set up their own internal agencies yeah. and they'll be like, oh, creative, we need to hire a creative yeah. director, but they won't realize that that creative director can't get anything done yeah. without having... Without the people. Not always. Not always. Not always. But <laughs> Shout out to all my creative directors who are very organized. Big love. Yes. There's yes. like three of you in the world. There's but three of you, you in the world. Well done. <laughs> yeah. But the... Um, the, the the way that creative services works is, mm. is literally that you're giving a leg up to everyone really, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And I think the the mum-dad thing is so on point. Yeah. And, you know, I think the nature of project management production, I remember one of my kind of early day mentors said to me, with production and project management, like, mm. nothing's your fault, but everything's your problem. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so true. Like, nothing's your fault because, you know, you're not the creative and you're not necessarily the person kind of making the final creative decisions per se. But, mm. you know, you're the person who's present throughout the entire process and making sure things are set up and people are in the right places. It, it's, a, it's a role where it really, you know, you feel like you're you know, affecting things on a really high level and being strategic and being involved in creative development, et cetera. But equally, like there's an element of it where you feel like you're everyone's assistant or yeah. everyone's mom at the same time. <laughs> Do you ever like, how did you end up going down the creative services path? Did you ever think you'd go more down the creative, actual creative path? Mm, like momentarily. I mean, I think the reason I ended up in creative services and 
the way I work now, we can kind of touch on that later. Sure. Um, it sort of is an amalgamation of everything I've done in my career. So I started in freelance production, mm -hmm. doing show production and um, photography. And then going in at Burberry, it, I had a transition over into marketing. So looking at project management and looking at strategy and understanding how the more kind of upstream part of the process works. Um, and then I think the amalgamation of all of that led to the fact that I had quite a good overview of the intern process. And that's yeah. what you need if you're going to be good at creative services, I think. Just understanding like every step of the overarching process and not just how to deliver that image for a campaign or that piece of content or that piece of graphic. Like you really understanding like what drives the need for that image or that piece mm -hmm. of content and actually where does it go in the end. And you know, more and more, you know, going back to the slashy thing, it, it is becoming more important. So I think the the kind of my natural weave through the different areas and um, sort of collecting all these different tools and, and skill sets, I think that's what led me to it. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what your second question was now. <laughs> I know it was how did you end up going down that path? Like yeah. it was literally like, I just wanted to know like, yeah, because normally people's careers, it's very rare that we meet someone that's just literally like, this is what I wanted to do and yeah. this is how I ended up there. It's always that you've kind of yeah. gone down a bit of a, like, especially yeah. with a job like yours, which yeah. changes all the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and actually, I remember what your second bit was about going oh, down good, the more creative route. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you look so scared when I, I looked like, at you. What? <laughs> Sorry. I had a, Sorry, what? I had a second question. <laughs> I was looking at pictures on the internet. No, I wasn't. I wasn't on here. You definitely were looking at pictures of cats. <laughs> Um, the bit about going more into the creative, it like it crossed my mind, but I think, you know, I don't think I'm someone who's void of creativity. And I think for someone who does my role, yeah. and this is, I think, the bit that makes me the ultimate slashy, I think the creative ability or skill set I have, I think is probably at a higher level than most people who specialize in creative services. Mm -hmm. And... I think, but I like to think that's more of a new school thing, but I also recognize that it's probably quite specific to me. Like even when I was a producer, I was always very interested in like the creative development aspect of it. But I remember having this conversation with one of my bosses at Burberry when I wanted to move into marketing from creative. And I said to him, I was like, I just think I have good taste. I don't think I'm a creative. <laughs> I meant that as a cuss to myself, not as like a, <laughs> I have exquisite I taste. Have really I've really got the best great taste. Taste. <laughs> I mean, you know, where's the lie? But yeah. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, I mean, it is a route I thought about, but equally, there's so many people who are better than me at creative when is but I think I think you know, like from a from a feedback perspective because obviously Jay's someone that we represent as well we're not just hustling her out <laughs> by the way we, we do genuinely think she's really interesting um from a feedback perspective I think the, you can unlock creative in creatives minds without them feeling like they're competing against you yeah um and they feel supported yeah, rather they want than, to collaborate yes with you. Yeah. collaborating and they feel I can't see you this is really annoying because I've got Joe's microphones Hi. in front of their face but um there we go. Um, but yeah, they feel empowered by you yeah. rather than threatened, which does often happen in creative. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a hard balance. Yeah, definitely. Um, right. Talk to us about modern commodities. Um, 
I wasn't going to ask this, but everyone always asks me. So, but first of all, like, what does the name mean to you? Like, what is it about? Like, did you really think about it? Or our our business it... name was a WhatsApp chat. Yeah. Was it? What are we called? No, wait, wait, hang on. It was lots of business cards yeah. on my desk. Me going like, oh my God, I need to, oh my. And I had someone that was a talent acquisition person. And then uh, the um, atelier, atelier manager. manager. <laughs> And I put them together. Oh oh, but it's there such a great name. It's a freaking great name, yeah. mate. But that's like best ideas come out. No of one that. can say it, but it's a great yeah. name. Italian, Italian. Yes, that's us. Anyway, modern commodities. How did you come up with it? And like, tell us about it. I wish I, I wish I had a really lovely, profound story behind the name. But I mean, there was two business cards on my desk. <laughs> there was two people in front of me. One was modern, a really modern. The other was modern. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, okay, being serious, um, I definitely knew I wanted it to be modern something or something to do with modern because mm-hmm. one of the reasons I kind of established... <laughs> I'm just imagining a company called Old Fashioned. <laughs> yeah. Old Fashioned but modern. Um, and I kind of wanted it to say something about being modern because one of the reasons I kind of set up the consultancy was because I wanted to work in a new way mm-hmm. that I didn't really feel I was able to do in-house or an agency, um, et cetera. So I knew I kind of wanted it to have the term modern just to set the tone that it's not a cookie cutter way of working. Um, and the commodities bit, like, this is going to sound so <laughs> It's going to sound so shallow. I knew I wanted it to have the word co or con or com to, like, I want... I oh, knew right, you needed communication. Yeah, because like I wanted of- it to, like say community I wanted it to say communication I wanted it to say you know all of those things and there were like a bunch of other CO words that now I have totally blanked on all I can think but, of is rude ones so I'm not gonna yeah, say yeah, one that springs to mind oh, comme de garçon yeah. yeah modern comme de garçon um so yeah that's kind of how it came about and the, in the, initially actually it was going to be called modern convenience which now, as I say, it sounds terrible. Um, I'm sorry if someone's business is already called that. Um, but then I just saw the word commodity in a really embarrassing context of like stalking an ex-boyfriend from when oh. I was like 16. And it said he was like a commodities broker. Well, but I wonder if he's going to listen to this. I don't think he Hi, will. Hi, boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me he won't. She's but named her business after you. <laughs> Come back. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the worst idea ever. <laughs> Come back. Also, I can't imagine you going out with a commodities broker. I don't really I mean, know what they do, to be neither honest. Neither do I, but that's what it said on his Facebook when it came out. Oh, He's going to be our next guest. Yeah. <laughs> commodities broker. Hi. Um, It'll be a love connection. So tell, tell us about what you do then. Like, what's yeah. your pitch? What's your elevator pitch? Oh, God, that's a lot of pressure. Um, The... I guess the headline is that it's bespoke creative services solutions for brands. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the tagline. Fine. What the hell does that mean? So we the the point of view, <laughs> I'm doing a really bad job. The point of view is that we work as if we're in-house with yes. the brand. So mm-hmm. everything's done from the brand perspective. So, you know, within reason, everything's bespokely created and um, geared for what the client's needs are. And that works across kind of long and short term. So a lot of projects I work on, I help with, you know, I work with brands and help them structure what their in-house teams are. Um, you know, I'll t- you know, I'll go in and assess their business needs and what their like yeah. ambitions are. And that's like, actually, your team's too big. It's too small. Work with these, you know, external partners. 
Um, but it's totally done from the brand perspective. So there's no like kind of like rate card vibe of like, oh, well, this is what we charge. It's like, mm. it, it's genuine that we'll find It's really similar to us. Yeah. Like, we've, yeah. And is this, like, how long have you been freelance for now? Since February, I think. So officially. How different is the business now to what you imagined it to be when you first started and you were just like, okay, here's the name. Don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I think... The like the core kind of principles of what I set out to do remain the same, but mm -hmm. I think the infrastructure around it, and this is something I'm really trying to work through at the moment. Because mm. now that you know, hashtag grateful, like now that it's like really busy and yeah. like things are picking up, um, yeah, I'm having to kind of rethink like if the structure I had in my mind of what the internal setup is. Mm is the right one because you know like it's great to work with loads of different brands and have the flexibility mm -hmm. and the initial kind of framework I set out with for myself isn't as agile as I'd like it to be in yeah. terms of like servicing lots of different clients um but also like I'm learning by working with also lots of different types of clients you know like big brands startups fashion brands lifestyle brands beauty brands like all across the board I'm starting to understand like different pain points from clients from me Mm. So what's the kind of like missing link and also trying to answer that as well. So it it's the same, but it's different. Yeah. You know? And I think it's I think it's really important to kind of stay with that and listen to the feedback and feel it's like the constant evaluation. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> yeah. Because our, our business is completely, completely different, different to yeah. how it initially set out. And that's just through organic growth yeah. and listening to what our clients need. Yeah. Um, more so than looking at what our competitors do in industry, I'd yeah. say. I think one of the things that we did when we first started, Joe was Joe joined six months after, like the business officially opened, and I was kind of like just running at capacities, just mm. going like, okay, oh, this is what we do. Um, I think uh, we threw up the website of like um, it just being super basic, um, and it was only really when Joe joined and we both kind of got the confidence to just be ourselves rather than almost trying having to yeah trying yeah. to it, it, it was, it well, was we we're really focused on being really professional really really professional with. yeah which obviously we still are but i think people work with us because of our personalities so chill, yeah. yeah but and the same with you yeah. like if you want to go with a really square headhunting business or a creative services yeah. business that's just going to just do production and yeah. that's it you don't choose to work with us yeah. you choose the people that you get along well yeah. with um yeah so i think it you've got to constantly like look at yourself and evolve your yeah evolve your business and yeah. i feel like as you go along your your confidence and your pitch just goes and then you it's also when you get to say no to clients as well yeah that's like really empowering have you that's got to amazing. that point yet yeah yeah i mean one of my it's so <laughs> nice when you're just like you don't want to pay me any money yeah. it's a really terrible job yeah. i don't want to do it <laughs> no. do you know what but I, for me one of the huge things actually of going freelance or kind of setting up the business one of the real values for me was actually working with decent people yeah and choosing who yeah. you actually work and with and you know i think that is such an empowering thing and also like honestly priceless mm. i think it's priceless to be able to turn around to a huge brand that you you know would look great on your roster and whatnot but yeah. be like actually like i know you're crazy i don't want to work with you <laughs> yeah. like, i've done enough of that and it lasts me a lifetime like and you know don't get me wrong it's like i'm that sounds really judgmental but you know no, like, it's, there's a balance yeah, right definitely. and i just think for me like having your own business means you can really focus on you know, the thing you guys are talking mm. about, like being authentic to yourself. Like, because if you start looking at like 
you know, inverted commas, like competitors, then, I mean, obviously it's important to do your market research, but at the same time, I think there's so much work these days and there's so many people doing it. I think if you just keep looking at other people to define how you do what you're doing, Mm -hmm. you're never going to make anything really authentic. I think it's got to start with you, like what you, how you are and what you're good at and what you think is important and build out. Definitely. What, What was it? What was your trigger that made you go like, I'm going to go freelance. I think there's a couple of things. I mean, you'll remember. Um, I basically couldn't really think of anyone I wanted to work for. Mm. Like on the on the real, like which sounds so arrogant. But, you know, I worked with two of the biggest brands, you know, globally and had amazing jobs there and, you know, really amazing experiences. And genu- generally speaking, like what I wanted to do and how I wanted to work and what I wanted back from a job if you will, I just knew I wasn't really going to get a tall order. Yeah. I just felt like, and it's no one else's responsibility. I I don't think to give me everything I want in a job because it's their business. So in that kind of logic, I was like, well, if that's the case and I'll put it on myself to create all these opportunities and, you know, work the way I want to work. Um, but I think having been around two business founder, creative directors, and the two kind of last roles I had, Mm. sassy, sassy ladies. Um, (laughs) It actually like really gave me the confidence, actually. The last few months kind of spending time in in the luxury beauty brand, it really actually gave me the push to be like, oh, actually, like, I should do that. Like, I should have conviction and I should just go for it because it, you know, if you work hard, like, it works out. Mm. It was terrifying, but, you know. So what what were your biggest fears? Because, yeah, it is terrifying. Like, because you're just like, well, I don't know how to do anything. There's no book that tells you, like, all of the basics. Yeah. I think my biggest fear, and this still, I still have it, um, is the sort of measure of progression which sounds weird, but I think having been in a bit of a corporate environment for the last, you know, seven years or whatever it is, I think it's so kind of set, isn't it? Like there's structure that you kind of go up and up and up and up and, you know, like the next job title, the next raise, da, 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 da. When it's like, when you work for yourself, no one really sets that out for you. So you really have to have your own sense of worth and what the progression is. And but I think that your progression in yourself is then also poured into your job. Yeah. Because when I see myself two years ago before this, yeah. I'm essentially doing the same job, yeah. right? But I'd say that I'm doing it in a completely different yeah. way because my confidence is is better yeah. than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, and I'm working in a completely different way with my clients. Yeah. Um, so... But yeah, it's, whilst yeah. my title or, you know, the That's, job that uh, yeah. we're doing isn't that much yeah. different. Mm. Your my, mind just shifts, I think, because the environment yeah. becomes different as well. And But it's something that I think about all the time because progression for me in whatever capacity is really important. Like I always need to feel like I'm moving forward. So it that was always kind of a big fear. And then, you know, the age old thing, like, Will anyone want to work with me? <laughs> no. What if I just no. fall flat on yeah. my face? What if everyone's like, no like you're crazy? Like you're crazy. No. Like <laughs> what if I can't cope yeah. without the ecosystem you know of all I, these yeah. colleagues? Yeah. It's so true. Like I really had that fear. And you know, like it then also like for me, the other big thing is like I'm not necessarily working in the most conventional sense, like in the conventional way that people are used to. And it's a new field. So it was like the other thing which I still struggle with now is like, will people understand what I do? 
Um, and that I think will be just an ongoing thing. Keep on thing. saying it. Yeah. Yeah. The more that you kind of talk about yourself, like every single new person that we speak to, whether it be client or candidate or whoever, we yeah. always pitch the business to them but in yeah. a really quick, like this exactly is exactly the same yeah. way. This is who we work with, and so they go like, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to get better at that. Do you? <laughs> a shout. Yeah. Do you find it difficult? Because like Joe and I are salespeople to the core. Yeah. Having yeah millions of years of experience doing it, <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, do you find that awkward because you've not really had to sell yeah I, your body I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's listed on my cv yes. <laughs> um yeah i do find it quite awkward yeah. like, even you asked me just then like how would you you know what's your elevator you, pitch yeah yeah i do find it quite awkward um but in like a different context it's fine like if i'm with a client and i think the way the conversation's set up is a bit different so mm -hmm. i find it okay to talk about it in that sense um do you cold pitch people do you get in touch with brands that you want to work with I haven't yet. Well, you because, haven't needed to yeah. because of the power of talent atelier. But like, exactly. Would, yeah. Hashtag grateful. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose that's if yeah, that's that's something that probably um, yeah is is quite difficult if you've yeah. never done it before. Yeah, and but you know, fear of rejection. Yeah, yeah, getting in touch with the right person, and if you send out ten emails and not getting any replies whatsoever, people get really disheartened, and it's like that's just yeah. part of the course. But yeah. I also think because I. I was in-house for such a long time. I've been in that seat when you're getting those emails. So I feel like I get the thing of, you know, you, you email 10 people and like if one gets back to you, that's a good day. That is a great that's day. A good day. That's a good day. Yeah. And that yeah. might turn into work in like, you know, six mm. months time. It's not that it's going to be immediate either. So like the, there's a reality check in there, I think. What point did you decide to hire someone else to help you out? Very recently. Ooh. Yeah, very recently. Um, I was really hanging on in there being like, I can do it on my own. Mm. Like, I can do it on my own. And then, then you're flying around with what? calendars and you're just like, what do yeah. I do? Like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so you went, you went for the manicurist or the hairdresser first. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> a cat sitter first. Um, I, yeah, it got to a point. It was just like breaking point of like just yeah. too much stuff. Actual and breaking point where Jo fell over on her way to meet a client <laughs> and broke her arm. <laughs> Actual breaking point. I'm just interjecting. That was Jay, that. not Jo. Oh, yeah. Way. Oh, look, I've got a really bad pregnancy brain. I, like, I didn't break my arm falling over <laughs> on the way to an interview. That was me. It was that was Jay. Me. Yeah, there you go. I still did the interview. Still, <laughs> still did the interview. Called me. Woozy AF. Slightly, <laughs> slightly intense. Like, yeah. I think it was all right i think it was all right was it jay because you sound really weird that was not a good day that was not everyone's like oh like how did you fall over like were you drunk like were you having a fun time I'm like no i tripped over my wide leg trousers <laughs> in the middle of dalston in rush hour like did anyone hard. help you out no not in people, dalston they would people know. gasp like that's how hard i felt <laughs> Also, wait for the punchline. The guy across the street went, oh, damn girl. That is how Ooh. hard I fell. Did he come over and help? No. no. But then I did like get up and run for the bus because I was really Were you just like, no, 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 that's absolutely yeah. fine. And so, also I was late for that meeting. <laughs> you were, but you pulled ahead, which I was did. great. Yeah. Um, so breaking point, back to yeah. that. <laughs> so breaking point, I think when you work for yourself, and you'll remember this probably from yes. your first six months, mm -hmm. like it... You do everything like from, you know, and actually, no, I say that, but I had someone help me kind of set up the business mm -hmm. and kind of do the operational side of things and dealing with accountants and all of that. And I was lucky I had that help kind of available to me. Um, but in terms of like dealing with clients and working on projects, I was doing 
everything. And it sounds stupid, but like really trivial things like managing your diary mm. when you're freelance and you're running from client to client and from meeting to meeting. Really simple things that sound really simple, like working out how long it takes you to get from A to B yeah. to make sure you have enough time mm-hmm. so that you can have those meetings. That stuff takes like... Yeah. And that you won't starve to death in the oh middle of the God. day. Don't let me starve that to death. That happens all the time. <laughs> Even now that happens actually. Like, but it, I mean, it's getting better. But I, it was that actually that week when I did fall over, but the week leading up to it, it was like, I basically hadn't had lunch in like four days. And yeah. I was like, I found myself like getting, like I was like late for everything. And I'd never had time to like actually do the work because I was so busy that like, I'd overpacked mm. my diary without mm-hmm. really thinking it through. And you're thinking about like projects and then you have to like switch your brain to think about admin and he's kind of like doing everything across the board and invoicing invoicing and, mm. like keeping on top of like you know and you know freelance like invoice through me and stuff so like keeping on top of all of that stuff like mm. it was just too much too much so what's the person that you've hired then yeah how do they help you with all these things I mean, she's like magic. She does everything. So she she does help me on like a PA level. So she helps me with my diary and, um, you know, all of that kind of good stuff. Um, but she, I mean, she's worked with me before as well, which is a huge mm. kind of blessing. So we've kind of hit the ground running, which is amazing. But she's got experience sort of, you know, in studios, production, all of that. So she's like mega organized. Um, she's smart. So she helps me with project stuff as well. So kind of pulling through strategies and stuff. It gives me someone to soundboard off yeah. as well. She keeps me in check, you know. So if you didn't have that, what would you recommend to people that are freelancing as a bit of an island? I would say try and buddy up with someone else like you. Because mm-hmm. I think the other thing with being freelancing, it's really, it can be a really isolating experience. Mm. Um, and it really shouldn't be because it's, a huge community of like independent creators, yeah, especially true. now. Like, apparently, I think- there's two million freelancers and growing in the UK at the moment. Oh my god! I mean, that yeah. could include people that are totally like not connected to this. Yeah, but still, but, yeah. it's a lot. Mm. But I think you know it can be really alienating. And I certainly had. I worked from home for you know the first chunk of my existence. As yeah. Did you did you get dressed ever when you were at home? <laughs> I because actually did. I re- when I work from home, I often have dollars. Yeah, face mask. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. When when I'm at home, I often mask, have yeah. a nice like top half on. Yeah. Just in case <laughs> I have to do a yeah in height. Um but yeah and nothing on the bottom half. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be able to work at home five days a week. Yeah. I have to have people yeah, around know. me. Yeah. Um and even if Rachel and I do work from home, we're always on Facebook time yeah <laughs> yeah no just, it's true not feel crazy yeah, yeah. And would, i mean i think also like i i'd always be in and out like going to meet clients and stuff so it never felt like every day from home but i think the two things i really struggled with was when i worked from home i never stopped working because i'd kind of ah. come to like six o'clock and they'd be like okay like wind down for a bit chill yeah. for a bit have dinner but then because you're still kind of in your workspace uh-huh. you're like oh i'm just gonna have the apprentice on but also like oh, the do apprentice. the rest of my emails well this is it it's like trying to make sure i call it a sacred circle <laughs> around, around your Shake. personal and your uh, and your work life because yeah. people naturally expect when you're uh, working for yourself um, that you're always t- working 24-7. And yeah. I just don't think... It's not you, conducive to it's a not, good day's no, work. No, you just, you're crap at what you're going to do. Yeah. And also, if, you, if you're if you over-delivering to people to the point where you're emailing at like 8, 9, yeah. 10 o'clock at night, then people will be wondering like what, yeah. why you're doing that. And also, like 
my perspective, if I've ever, ever had that from a freelancer I've hired for me, it's like, how many other clients are you working with? Yeah. But you're having to email me this late at night. Yeah. I just find it really strange. Yeah. Also, I just think it's not very modern. <laughs> it's not. It's like, there has been yeah. like a massive slowdown from my side with my mm. clients. And I don't know whether it's because I don't email really late at night time yeah. mm. any longer because I don't think it's so urgent yeah it never Um, it's rare that it's ever that urgent yeah i mean if you've got to shoot first thing in the morning fair enough and you know the i keep an eye on things but i won't reply unless it's somebody that's you know had Mm. a bad one and can't make an interview or something same with texts though like i do get texts in the evening and sometimes over the weekends and i just unless it's urgent i really don't respond because i think it just sets a precedent for people thinking that they can access me all the time and it you know you can't i need to be able to the the other thing is about over delivering to clients to win business do you find yourself doing that I've stopped doing it because I've realized it's that's not really the currency and actually off not it sets a precedent yeah that's always going to be the case and it can't be yeah just keep squeezing that's Mm. the other thing I think they you know people take as much as you give Mm. plus Mm -hmm. you know they'll try and take more so I think that going back to your point about setting precedents and kind of setting boundaries And, you know, if you're going to get the work, you're going to get the work. I really believe that. Like, if you're the right fit and you're the right person to perform and all of that stuff, you're going to get it whether you really over-deliver or not. It doesn't mean Mm. to say, like, don't take it seriously. And And you you should be a clock watcher, maybe. Yeah, don't, you know, don't don't have to go that extreme. But, you know, equally, it's it's rare that I think, like, the amount I've over-delivered equates to how much it's paid off in the end, if that makes sense. Mm. I feel like there's a really or if you've undercharged, yeah, if you've undercharged a client because you're trying to win business, yeah, it will always come and bite you in the ass. Yeah, like, always. they always just expect that ray yeah. or you know whatever. So yeah, it does always just come back. So mm. it's better be just to yeah to be firm, and then you tend to get more respect. I think, don't you? Yeah. Um, how do we feel about comparing ourselves to competitors or peers in the industry? Mm, I don't. I'm. There aren't many J's, are there, though? (laughs) It's another one. (laughs) I mean, from like a a, a social media Mm. perspective, how people portray themselves on social media in terms of their work. (laughs) I'm probably the worst person to ask because I have like... Mine's literally, I mean, I'm going to sound like a crazy cat lady on this podcast. Are you, are you not? You did but walk in here yeah. holding a cat toy <laughs> above your head. Poor Rachel. Poor Rachel has a present. Yeah. yeah. Um, for my cat, not for yeah. me. <laughs> Everyone else is buying yeah. me baby stuff. Jay walks in with, with a, a ball, cat toy. With like a stringy thing that's got a butterfly on it that my cat's going to change your life. It's going to change my life. It's going to change your life. Um, I mean, I, on a personal level, I don't really take like social media that seriously. But actually, really interesting thing happened recently where a client tried, a potential client tried to follow me on Instagram. And your I, personal my account. personal account, which has like, you know, like 200 followers and it's mostly my cats and like, you know, just my holiday snaps, basically. Like nothing on a professional level that will be of any interest. And she was, I think she was trying to follow me because someone had introduced me in the context of like, oh, if you want someone to look at your content strategy, et cetera, like she's, you know, she's a good person to talk to. Yeah. So I think immediately they probably thought, oh, well, I'll, look, yeah, I'll look at what her content is. When is, you know, my, I don't do that for my personal life. So I'm a bit like, if you saw my Instagram, like you would not think mm. I'm someone who does content <laughs> strategy. <laughs> Unless I'm trying to pimp out my cat, which, you know, is very <laughs> successful, you know. Um, but then actually with 
Elena starting, um, who started working with me, we are looking at kind of setting up a business Instagram and how we want to use that as a platform, just to kind of talk about the brand and also to educate people on how we work and kind of to use it as like a console from a brand perspective. But equally, I'm not of that mindset where I'm like, I'm not a brand, you know, we're not a brand and we're not selling product per se. So I think there's a fine It's a, ser- it's a service, isn't it? Yeah, so. it's a service. So there's only so much I think you can kind of yeah. shout and stuff. Also, it's, you can't, it's going to be difficult as well because yeah. so many brands will want to be like, hey, look at yeah. this that we did. And like, we haven't had any help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, I have to be so stealth. So, you know, yeah. but... I, I see that thing with, you know, not necessarily competitors, but like colleagues and peers, like especially like creatives where they really mm. use their kind of platform to it talk about the work. It's like, yeah. Mm. And it's maybe social media, you know, on a personal level, it's like, you know, my personal handle, I'm like, I just don't want to have to think about that. But I see like how successful it can be. And, you know, I've got friends who are freelance and consultants where, you know, they have a, relatively curated Instagram sort of presence and you know actually I was talking about it with a good friend of mine the other day and she was like actually x number of things that I've been posting on social has got me certain types of work so it can work for you depending on Mm. what you do so it is you know it's a powerful tool but I don't know I think if you I think having it split is the right way to do it so you have modern commodities Instagram yeah. and then you have a J-Hong Instagram yeah. yeah that makes more sense yeah um but yeah I think looking at kind of competitors and stuff it can take you into this like weird vortex of like I used to do that all the time I yeah. used to always look at people's um websites and things we used like, to be obsessed with one person yeah. in particular <laughs> and, then, and we just used to look at it all the time and then I'd get myself all of the tears and then actually as soon as I kind of let that go I was like yeah, yeah and it was like do your own thing yeah. do your own thing and like just you do you. Yeah. <laughs> do you, you do you. Because the you, more boo. that you try and like compete against someone, it's just a bit exhausting. And also in a pitch, people like it if you're nice about other people. Like, yeah. you know, if you're going to a pitch and they're like, oh, we use X, Y, and Z, you'd be like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. know about them. They're really good. Yeah. This is what I do. Yeah. If that's going to be helpful. Yeah. Great. P.S. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> awful. 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 Um, so, yeah. So you're now in a position so you can be quite choosy about clients yeah. and you're kind of hiring different people you've got like a yeah. little team of freelancers that you get it's I like do, an expandable yeah. collapsible workforce yeah. yeah and you know i'm always trying to expand that because the you know the usp really is that it's a bespoke solution for all brands yeah. and the other reason i wanted to set up in the way i did where i'm not kind of married to a creative director because a lot of you know people were like oh why don't you buddy up with a creative director mm. and kind of basically have a bit of a new age agency sort of approach and i was like just turn into another agency yeah you? and also you kind of just turn in turn turn into the creative director's aesthetic i think because mm. you kind of you end do, up yeah. having to pitch for that work and that's not what i wanted i wanted to do really commercial stuff and then still try and do kind of high fashion stuff because that's where you know most of my contacts are and kind of i guess where my reputations are yeah um but yeah so it's sort of i'm always trying to you know expand that and it's a good time because I really feel like the tides kind of shifted and there's so many freelancers and really good freelancers and at really different levels as well and I think it's really important to try and like as a community protect that and nurture that and you know also educate brands that there's this huge kind of market they can tap into and this sort of 
mentality of everything being in-house isn't necessarily always the answer. Mm. Do you tend to find that you get listened to a little bit more as an external consultant than if you were working in-house somewhere? Mm. It depends on the client. Mm. But I, you know, it... I sometimes find that people will feel that, like because they're paying by the day, yeah. they feel like they need to listen to that person yeah. rather than... I, it doesn't always yeah. happen. I think it depends on what task I'm on because this is the other thing because I work in such a varied manner, I mm-hmm. guess. So from a like a getting a task delivered like from a more production sort of level um I think sometimes it can be a bit challenging Mm because sometimes you're kind of seen as someone who can just fix the problem that they've often created Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but then on a more strategic level I think I I agree with you there's a level at which they're like well we brought you in so we're going to listen to what you've got to say yeah um which is so lovely which is like the best bit about yeah. Being consultant. Somebody can take one nugget of information yeah. and make it better. Yeah. Um, so we've had some interesting emails from people asking questions about the podcast. Mm. And one of them is, do you believe in having a mentor? So what do we think about that, guys? Mm. Have you guys had one? I have got like a network of people around me who yeah. I trust, but it's taken a while to build that up because yeah. I have previously paid for a mentor who was specific to like the headhunting industry and I found that the advice that that person gave me was so target driven and not Mm. relevant to the business quite dry wasn't it I actually found myself like just getting pissed off all the time and thinking (laughs) to myself like actually you're costing me money and I'm not sure that this is relevant so now I've got an amazing HR person who you've met called Elma who's incredible um and then um yeah just just speaking to other entrepreneurs and things like that but it's mostly um yeah it's it's mostly just whoever I like I'll listen to their advice if I think they're doing something really cool then I'll listen but and I'm always open like you are as well aren't you Joe like but it's not it's just I think yeah you've got to be choosy with who Mm. gives you the advice because yeah sometimes people will hop on a bandwagon thinking that they're like able to make a quick buck out helping you and actually a load of bollocks yeah Yeah. I mean I think that relationship with someone do you think that I'm your mentor (laughs) (laughs) is that where this is going basically I'm charging Jade yeah no um (laughs) inspiration waiting for that invoice (laughs) um I mean (laughs) I'm I mean I really believe in that sense of community yeah people helping people people helping people because you know there's no like rule book or like a step-by-step of how you know I thought there would be when you start a business I thought that there'd be like hey I bought one of those like business startup guides (laughs) dummy guide to starting a business I was like okay so this is gonna have everything in there and it had nothing it was like every business is unique and blah 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 even with tax (laughs) setting up VAT (laughs) and accountants and all of that and you're just like why is there no one just telling you and then you've got like small business advice advice places that are full of just absolute weirdos <laughs> I don't know how I've never run a business yeah. I've never run a business I like yeah there's oh god I went to some really awful like kind of mentoring actually this is bringing it all back now yeah but it, it was and then it just turned out to be it was just people trying to lend me money oh. but they were kind of almost set up like a like a charity um <laughs> and then I was just like what is this like a, ske- like a weird scheme <laughs> like, I know. Like, like, you're trying to help me but yeah, you're trying to squeeze me at the same I'm time yeah, and like, I don't know what I it is know, I didn't need this money like what you're yeah. talking about yeah Oh, that's weird. It was weird. Yeah. Did you um like 
do you have any advice for people that are like thinking about going freelance like how to how to afford to switch into that like we normally say yeah. three months money yeah in the bank, but... definitely I think definitely have that money in the bank because it stops you from being you know having the stank like being really desperate mm -hmm. you know like, please yeah <laughs> you gotta have the chill guys like <laughs> i'm cool like what's an activity school production yeah, we're cool. absolutely yeah. fine i'll just do I'm that down. i'm down um definitely being like financially and practical like yeah from practical in a good level. spot yeah in a good spot um but it sounds weird but i think also like emotionally i think you're gonna feel yeah. ready like and you know, it, it's always, I think it's always going to be scary to make the leap, but I always, you need to sort of like have a good support system of like people who maybe understand what you're going through or someone you can kind of talk stuff through with that, you know, has your back and you feel supported because it can be a really isolating experience. Um, I also think you've got to spend a lot of time like figuring out what it is you're like trying to achieve by going out on your own. I think you've got to, you've got to be flexible and kind of go with, you know, what we said earlier about taking feedback and all that stuff. But I think you need to have a sense of conviction in what you're trying to achieve. Like, why, why are you going out on your own? Like, what is that reason? Because I think that's what kind of gets you through the days when you feel really like, Oh, like will I ever work again? Like, is that invoice ever going to get paid? Like, uh, yeah. How do you know. cope with people not paying you? <laughs> I mean, before I went to Burberry, when I was like a baby freelancer, mm. I, I can't believe I'm about to admit this. I used to have like a fake email address oh. of someone who was like <laughs> accounts, like Margaret from accounts. Mm -hmm. So I'd send like really aggy emails. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I found it really awkward to chase yeah. the money because, you know, I was really young and, you know, to like, it was a lot of money to me, but to them it was like, oh, you know, it's, you know, three grand. Yeah, yeah. it was your rent. Yeah, yeah, it was my rent, but to them it's like, oh, it's 3,000 pounds. Like, mm. she can wait. And it's like, oh, I don't know why I did a really posh Services voice, but... always get put to the bottom of the list. Yeah. Product is always at the top. Yeah, because you need it mm -hmm. to arrive. Yeah. When the services, it's like, oh, max out the terms and all of that. There is, I mean, it's the nature of the business, as annoying as it is, you know, but I think the good, the thing to get, the way to get around, the way to get around it, I think, is to understand the reality of when you get paid and plan mm -hmm. around it. Definitely. If, and be, like, prepared when you're yeah. spending that. Yeah. If you're working with a huge, you know, fashion house that, you know, is, like, got a massive infrastructure for finance mm. and blah, 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 Like, what, you know, it's... You're going to become be, a new vendor. Yeah, you have it's going to take all time of that. for that. Yeah. You know, by the time you send it in, they're going to max out those 30 days, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they say it's 60 and... It's so like part of a bigger machine that like, you can't really. You're just like, caught up in procurement. Yeah, you, you are. So, and you have to be. You have to be prepared to, you know, deal with it a little bit because mm. at the end of the day, like the people you're working with, or even like from the finance perspective, there's not that much they can do. Like it is just how the system's set up, and yeah. it's annoying. But be Vigilant. aware of that and actually ask the right questions. Like, don't be embarrassed to be like, "What are your payment terms?" Like guys level with me like do you actually pay on time or does it tend to be delayed like mm. i'm not being aggy like i just need to know so i can like yeah. plan my finances because the reality is you're if you've been on a four-week project with a client for that yeah. month that's the only invoice that's yeah. coming in mm. which is what's really really hard and i think you know sometimes it's leveling with the people you know like brand side as well and yeah. saying to them like you know it's really important that I get paid because of x y and z and I think the really important thing is to find your finance buddy mm -hmm. always in every business like find out who it is yeah, yeah. don't like keep emailing invoices at 
brand name. Who's the guy? Like, you know, find who, him. Yeah, who's make my him friend? tea. <laughs> give yeah. him a biscuit. Exactly. Yeah. Be nice to yeah. them. Yeah. You've got to build relationships. That's really good advice. Yeah. Thanks for being our first guest, Jay. It was so nice to have you here. Thanks for bringing the cat toys. They were also really nice. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's my cat saying thanks. Jay's background is featured on our wonderful new website, along with our freelance guide, which should help people with transitioning into the freelance world. If you'd love any specific subjects covered, then feel free to send us an email to podcast at talentatelier.com. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.